when things aren't uh-huh. going well, it's easier to say, I'm a bad coach. But I also feel like you can get in that trap. If things are going really well, Yep, it can be like an ego thing. And that also happened to me before where things are going really well, you're winning all the time. Well, geez, this is easy. Well, I think you're more prone to that when you're a younger coach. You worry about that more. I th- at least me personally, I can definitely tell you that I've changed tremendously from year one to year 30. Hello, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and Wilma Wilson for our final episode of our Mastermind series. And if you are a loyal listener, you'll notice that we've been away for a while, which totally irks my perfectionist side. But you know what? Things happen. I had our second little boy, Connor, and he's doing awesome. We've done a ton of new things with the MVP leadership team. We've streamlined the Tough Team Challenge. More on that later. And we're getting a lot of great things together for you guys. So it's worth it. And now we're really excited to get back. So let's talk about today's episode. In this final episode of our mastermind, it's time for a coaching reflection. At the end of every season, coaches should take the time to reflect on what went well and what could have gone better. When you reflect honestly, you can set up a clear path for getting even better the following season. And if you do that year by year, imagine how far you can go. Today, the coaches reflect on how the ends of their seasons went, what Alicia did to reframe when she started pressing, what Wilma's girls learned about themselves this season, getting various personalities on the same competitive page, what happens when the girls take ownership of their training, how to let go of some of the control as coaches, what makes a good coach, and the lessons they'll take into next season. Without further ado, let's get going. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast. We've taken a bit of a hiatus for a little thing called having a baby. So (laughs) now I am back in action. The little guy is in the other room with dad and brother right now. So we got some time to finally record because I've missed my girls. Alicia and Wilma are back, and we are going to reflect on the end of their season. We're going to get caught up, uh, hear about what happened at the end of the season, how they finished out, and then just talk about some reflections moving forward. Uh, So Alicia, you're up first. Recap with us how the season ended. Yeah. So um, as we were, you know, I know we talked a lot about how we had kind of changed the the strategy and just went to some having fun um, and how much better they were playing throughout, you know, the towards the end of the regular season. And then um, we also talked a lot about the weather, which was par for the course because it continued to rain throughout, you know, postseason and things like that. So um, those challenges were interesting, but um, you know, we, we entered our postseason and we had a, we drew the pre-district. So we actually had that whole Memorial Day weekend off. We took um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. Um, our last practice and game was on that Thursday before Memorial Day. And we thought, you know, one day of practice on a Friday uh, when they're tired already re- wasn't really going to do any good. So we decided to give it those the three-day weekend and their faces were just, oh my God, thank you. And and I know they spent a lot of time just trying to get mentally and physically prepared for postseason. So we did practice on um, Memorial Day. Um and then we had our first preseason game on Tuesday. So it's just a one game play playoff type situation. And we ended up winning three to zero. Um, it was a really tight game until the sixth inning and the bottom of my lineup really came through. And especially I think it was my number eight hitter had a, had a two out, um, two run 
single to go up three zero and there's a lot of breathing room. But I tell you, like my senior pitcher specifically was just throwing so well and the kids were having so much fun. And um, then the next three days were a practice preparing for districts. And the first we hosted this year. So the very first game was not our game. It was the other two teams. And there was a really long rain delay. So um, I'm talking several hours. And then there was this massive, let's try to do everything we can to get diamond dry. Uh, we borrowed some from the lo local Little League. I mean, we were just doing everything we could to try to get the field kind of ready and in shape um, to, to finish the first game and then, and then play our game. So um, the second game, uh, we finally got started several hours later, and we played our first uh, game of the day. Um, did really, really well. Uh, they were kind of lights out hitting, um, had a couple home runs and, and the kids were just going crazy. So we then played the championship game after that. And we, we definitely didn't hit like we kind of had started to for the last maybe two weeks, our hitting had really improved. But the thing was, is that all season long, we've had some really tough defensive games where we've talked this was well documented during the season right we're at seven and eight and nine errors so there were two small things you know and we talk about the little things all the time we talk about throws and catches but there were just two small things in one inning that caused uh a couple things to happen which allowed two runs to score so um that was kind of like well that's kind of been our season so um, one of the cool memorable parts from that day was my shortstop had hit uh, the the runners in front of her were on first and second and she hit a bomb and just hit the scoreboard and dented it. And the, everyone goes crazy. So the exact same situation had happened with the same runners on the same position, same batter in the, in the championship game. And she does it again and she hits the scoreboard and everyone goes crazy. And we're at four to three at that point. So um, I could tell my pitcher was starting to get a little tired, but she was really battling and doing a great job. And the, and the kids gave everything they had and we just fell a little short. So I think that, you know, I've obviously had plenty of time to, to reflect or whatever, but I think the, the best part was the two seniors, you know, are always heartbroken. Um, it's always hard for me to, to say goodbye, especially my senior catcher who uh, had to catch every inning of every game and practice and never had a break. And I think offensively, um, offensively her, um, her stats had kind of suffered towards the end. And I think it was, just, she was pressing a little too hard and she just got tired. Yeah. And awesome. uh, she was exhausted, but you know, that's part of the game. And, yep. and I think the harder she tried, the the worse it got. And she, that I felt so bad for her because she was up in so many critical situations and, and I, you can tell when a player is trying too hard. And I think there's that feeling of, of this game is starting to get close and it's towards the end. And you know what? this could be my last game. And, and I saw that in her and after the game was over, you know, we, we ended up leaving the field and we had gone out to dinner as a team one last time. They really wanted to do that. I asked them what they wanted to do. Cause there's not a lot you can say other than I told them how proud I was of them and how much I loved them. And we went to the local place that we always do. And we had the room to ourselves. So it's just the players and the coaches and my daughter, which was kind of cool. So we sat there in complete silence and they were on their phones crying and sobbing. And then the food came. Then they started talking a little bit. And the best part was they turned to me after, after dinner was over and said, Hey coach, can we still practice on Monday? 
we don't know what else we're going to do. And I said, sure. I said, yeah, we can go down there. So I'll go down there with you and uh, you can help me out, you know, clean up a few things at the field and we'll have a practice. They're like, well, you need to be hard on us just like you are. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, all right, I will. Knowing that that wasn't going to happen. But then we went down to the field on Monday and it, it started that way. But they, they were like, come on, coach, we can't take you seriously right now. And I would just start laughing and shed a few tears. You know, that's pretty emotional for me. And then um, then they just had a, whatever defensive position they wanted to play. You know, my center fielder was playing pitcher. And my pitcher was playing right field. I mean, whatever they wanted to do, they could do. And it was just a great way to end the season and really was an, attributed to them and, and how much they truly, truly cared for each other how much they truly enjoyed being around each other and how they really did fight for each other. And unfortunately there are times when you can be all of those things and live your culture and still not win. But I told them over and over and over how critically, how so important that was to me and how important it was that um, they live that every single day throughout the entire season, even though the outcome wasn't obviously what they wanted. So that was how we ended our season. And um, you know, the kids then started to go off into their travel ball seasons and we still keep in contact and been down to the field with some of them sometimes just to kind of hit on a Wednesday or something. So it's, it's been, it was, it was a great, great season uh, when it comes to 10 kids who battled their, you know, what's off and did everything I asked them to do and live their culture every single day. Yes. And I want to, I want to point something out here because like on paper, that's a disappointing end for you, like to lose in districts. Like that's not what you wanted. That's not what you expected for your team. You have high expectations for them. They have it for themselves. Yet there, the whole time, there was never any, even right after when you talked to me or like in the rain delay, going up to it, there was never any disappointment from you. It was kind of like a, uh, like not, not happy it happened, but you could mm -hmm. tell immediately you had flipped to the perspective of, yeah, but we lived our culture. Mm -hmm. How would you say your journey has come through the years and through the losses, through the tough moments to where you, you got there pretty quickly this year? I think it really was that, that walk I had. I think we've talked about this before, the walk I had that Sunday when things are falling apart and I took that walk and I told myself my legacy was not, not the banners of the trophies that everything to do with the names on the banner. And I know, um, there's just so many comments that are made by parents, you know, after and, and the impact that you've made on those kids. And that is really what's important. It's really why I do this. Um, and, and I can't win all the time. Nobody can. Um, but I think for me, watching those kids and, and them asking, literally asking me if we could practice, even though the season is over. I mean, when you step back and think about why they want to do that, not only do they want to be together, they wanted me to be there too. You know what I mean? So they wanted the whole team to be together. And I think that it's, it is difficult at times. It's not easy to do, but when you can really just take a step back and, and it does happen quicker for me now, because last year was that heartbreaking loss, right? Where you feel like it got ripped out from underneath them. And, and you really have to, those types of things, I don't know if they ever truly go away when you feel like your kids were flat out no. uh, robbed of something like that, right? But no, that was um, just like a uh. what. And I've always said, like it, during that game last year, I I would have rather just gotten beat, and that's what happened this year. We just got beat. We didn't play, we didn't play all aspects of the game like we've talked about all all year. We were we we tried our darndest though, and I think that when you can 
when you can really take that step back somewhere in your career, right? And it makes things like that a lot easier um, and really what it, what's about. Absolutely. Wilma, have you had that experience? Yes, totally. I mean, been in it long enough that, uh, you know, I'm just listening closely to Alicia and just hearing all the things that she's saying now. I mean, you know, I'm not as far in the program as she was. I, you know, I feel like I touched base on a lot of things, but wasn't as in-depth being it, you know, just getting my feet wet with things. But, you know, I agree, like my team, we, um, you know, we, didn't finish in the conference where we wanted, but we had, you know, really good practices going into the state tournament and into districts, knowing we were going to face, you know, a, a team that is a big rivalry of ours who we happened to beat in the regionals last year. So we knew they were going to be coming out for us and we were hosting and, you know, we had a first district game. We played well. We won the game that we were supposed to basically win. And then, uh, you know, we played this rival team and we battled, we, we were ahead one to nothing. It was tied one to one. You know, we had bases loaded. We had runners on first and second. We had runners on second and third. You know, it ended up being a three to one game, which, you know, I was very proud of my kids knowing, you know, the skills level of my kids this year. And, you know, I think they put a lot of heart into that game. And, you know, there's been years past where it's just been the, the mention of the team we have to play and they, um, can tend to get down right away. And, you know, I didn't see that this year. And I think that was feeding off of last year's victory. But, you know, I really think that these kids went into most every game, you know, believing they could win. Um, I would have liked to see when push came to shove, probably a little bit more competitiveness out of them a little bit, you know, but they were living the, they were living their, their words. So I was okay with that. Um, you know, but I think there was a, a handful of kids on the team that I think were a little bit more competitive than the majority. And, you know, I think that they left a little bit more um, unhappy. One of them happened to be a senior. The other ones are coming back, but you know, that it, it is what it is. And you're always going to have a mixed group of kids and you're, you're trying to get them all on basically the same page, but um, you know, I don't, I didn't have per se the athletes that I had in the pat in the year before that. And so, you know, our season, I think ended where it probably should have. And, um, you know, could we have won that day? Yes, we could have, um, you know, we needed a couple more things to go our way and they didn't, but, you know, I think the team in general, the coaches, we were all pretty happy at the end of the day and just satisfied that we were very competitive and, you know, like Alicia just came up a little short again, but, you know, eh, after so many years of doing it again, like Alicia said, you, you, you can't win them all. And otherwise we wouldn't play them if everything was organized on paper as it should fall, you know? So. Right. We all yeah. quit a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Totally feel you there. Well, you talked about this, uh, theme of competitiveness all year mm -hmm. uh did you see any of the girls start to grasp that or find their own version of competitiveness even if they aren't the fiery maniacs yeah. we are <laughs> i think so i think the kids really enjoyed like a lot of the little competitive um things that we did through the program and i think they learned more about themselves doing those types of things um and how maybe their either lack of or 
there a lot of those the kids that I had were just like nervous Nellies like they've you know like they've had parents that have been yelling at them for years and years and they were some of them were just literally nervous to be on the field you know and I think that the some of the strategies really helped those kids work through some of that so I, I did see them break through into more confidence you know and you know skills are what they are you can't make every player a great player but um for them to feel a little bit better on the field about how they are performing and knowing that it's not the end of the world if something goes wrong. Um, I did see strides in that, in that way. And I did see, I think kids realize that maybe they weren't as competitive as they thought, or the best thing I think that happened was that kids realized that if they weren't as competitive, how it made the other kids feel. I think that was huge because, you know, some of the other kids, would some of the other kids would express, you know, well, you know, I don't want you to just say it's all okay. You know, um, let's do something about it. it right. You know, I had a few kids that were more like that, you know, which is a little bit more of where I'm coming from. So, you know, but I think some of those strategies and some of the things, the competitive stuff we did and just our conversations about being competitive really helped those kids try to understand, oh yeah, when I'm not, you know, when I'm nervous and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, this is how it's really playing out you know, and how it's affecting the team. And I, I think one other thing that happened too was, you know, we really got into some conversations. So many, I had a bunch of kids who played travel ball like last year, and I still had a group that played travel ball, but they didn't play quite as competitive of travel ball. And I think that definitely showed up too. And I yeah. think that, you know, for me as a coach, I got to uh, thinking that some of those kids almost got a little numb, like, Oh, we're playing another game, you know, like, oh, okay. Oh, well, this is this weekend we're playing, you know, five bracket plays and then we're going to go into, you know, we're going to do pool play. Then we're going to go into bracket play and, you know, oh, okay. Well, we're the AC, you know, I, I feel like they almost got a little complacent with playing games just because I think they've gone through it so much. You know what I mean? So I felt like I had to redirect them all the time to the importance of the game, um, you know, and how, this game is going to roll into this game and this is going to affect our conference finish and this and this and this, you know, where some of them are just so, Oh, we're playing this weekend, travel ball. Okay. Travel ball. Here we go. And then we're going to play next weekend. And then we play seven weekends. You know, I just feel like the sometimes playing so much travel ball takes away that importance of a single game or a single action. Absolutely. We've got 45 more coming up. So what does this one really matter? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. which is why I love high school season. I've heard people talk about like, oh, I'm just not going to play high school. I'm like, what? No, Yeah, you have to play high school. It's its own challenge. And especially the girls who are, they're saying, I'm not going to play high school because it's not as competitive as travel right. and I'm going to college. So I'm being competitive. I'm like, Oh, you want to go to college? You got to learn how to play yeah. high school ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true because you need the patience and you need to understand oh, yeah. you're going to have different personalities and how to pull those different personalities together and maybe how to sit your butt on the bench. Yep. <laughs> so that Oof. all goes with it. Yes. But that's cool. I love that. I was hoping you'd say that they saw some progress with the girls. Cause I think a lot of times that like we talk on this show a lot about like the big changes our girls have made and the big strides they've taken, but we also need to notice the small strides that you're saying, um, because that is going to add up and it, they will get there. I think big things like confidence and competitiveness. I think we as teachers and 
parents, educators get a little impatient, like, why don't you get it? (laughs) But it's when you notice the little things like, oh, she wasn't quite as terrified (laughs) going into this game. Or that was, that was a big thing for some of my kids. Yeah. So, yeah. And we had some injuries. We had some key injuries. Like the girl that was one of my, I didn't have like a, a go-to type pitcher. You know, we had uh, three kids who pitched and, but one of the girls that kind of, kind of stepped up a little bit, got hit by a line drive in the head and she never came back, you know? Um, so that, that was a, that was a key part to our season and for everybody to regroup a little bit and for everybody to take a step back and go, Oh, well, this, my change, my playing can change in a heartbeat. So maybe I better take it, not take it for granted. You know, um, you know, that girl really was feeling bad that she couldn't participate. And so, you know, I mean, I think it made some of the other kids realize how important their playing time and how valuable and what a precious gift it is. Absolutely. Alicia, how about from your perspective with the competitive piece specifically, um, getting so many different personalities each and every year to get on at least a similar competitive page? Um, I think it's just, I think that for my program, like because of the past success, when you have kids on your team that have been through that, they kind of help that culture and that piece of it too, right? So it starts in off-season workouts, right? So my this year, the older kids ran off-season workouts. So for all the freshmen who've never been a part of this before are immersed in this type of thing, you know, immediately. And it's really important to the older kids that they understand um, and they show the younger kids what the culture is like here and that we do work hard and, and that we do compete. And And I'm blessed with that, right? Because I'm not there, but these kids do such a phenomenal job of that. Um, I really think it starts there in the off season workouts. Um, and then obviously practice every, every practice, there's, there's a lot of competition and, and we, we ask them to compete every single day. So, um, if they're not competing or they're not, and that's, and it shows up in different ways, right. Where you're not confident or you're not diving and you're not, well, there are consequences for that. Right. So those are the types of, you know, things that we try to do to really instill that. And then, but when the great thing is, is they all celebrate, you know, their teammates successes too, when they do make a diving play, you know, when, when my second baseman who was a freshman this year dove for the first time and made a play that entire team went over and celebrated that with her because they knew she could do it just like, just like the coaching staff could. And I think when you implement that type of stuff every day in practice as well, that helps that competitiveness. Absolutely. Like pushing them past that, what they're used to. I like that. Yeah. And, and ultimately what, what brings that out, you know, from a coach's standpoint is pushing them and pushing them because you can, you see, you know, Wilma could tell you the same thing. You, you see their potential, you know what they can do. Uh, and then just pushing in that every day to, to work on getting better and really for them to learn how to do that themselves ultimately is what the goal is, right. For them to really appreciate that and to, and to compete every day to get better. Um, and, and that's the goal. That's the goal. But I think it starts again every single day uh, in the off-season workouts and the kids just bring that culture culture to the younger ones so they can really kind of get immersed in it and feel what it's like. Yeah, I, sure. I really like that you guys did that or whatever. I, I'm going to piggyback off you a little bit. And I think even if it's one day a week, I'm going to have, 
I think I have a some some years you guys know that you have some kids that step up that you think could be good leaders like that, and then other years, yeah, you know. But I think I've got going into next year a couple kids who I think could really step up and be like, you know, once a year they're they're going to run. I think it's good if they just run the workouts, you know, and um, like you're talking about, and it tries to get them to get other kids committed, and the coaches aren't necessarily there, you know. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to push a couple of my kids to do that this winter. Ooh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of benefits to that too, right? You, you work on the leadership part of it and yeah. the expectation that, that I always had from them is that they design the workout ahead of time. They're yeah. not just going in and saying, Oh, let's do a mile today. So it was right. kind of their responsibility to create the workout. And every once in a while, I just randomly text them and said, send me your workout for today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or show up sometimes, uh, right. un- unannounced, yeah. so to speak. Right. And right. Yeah. 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 yeah they awesome. they do a great job of it, but they own it, right? They they really really own it, and that's that's what I'm pr- so proud of them for. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to add a little tidbit to the the showing up unannounced. It's not from a controlling point of view, oh, like no, not at all. Well, I'm gonna show up. It's right it's from a supportive right. point of view of like, hey, you you guys are committing to this. I want to be here and support you and also see what's going on. (laughs) Right. Yep. See how it's going. Mm -hmm. Cause I think then some of like our own insecurities as a coach might be like, well, I got to check up on them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'm a little guilty of that sometimes that I feel like, Oh, I got to run everything. Otherwise it's not going to go right. Uh I mean, and so I think it's good to let go of those reins a little bit. And I have a couple of guy coaches that, you know, I'll be gone for two, three weeks in the winter and, you know, I, I have had to learn to loosen the reins and step back, you know, and, um, this is just, would be another good way to do that. Yeah. That is hard. Mm-hmm. It, is, it, it is. is hard. It is hard. But when I started telling my kids, this is your season, not mine. Yep. Right. I, I'm not playing. Um, it's not, these aren't the goals that I've set, right. These are the goals you've set and you're the right. one who's playing and you need to take, you know, that level of responsibility. So Yep. Um, I, I, I tell them a lot, you know, Wilma or I don't have anything to prove or to, or to win or, or nope. it's not our goal. It's not our game. We're just there to support them and their goals and whatever they set. So that's also, you know, a good conversation we have with the parents at the beginning of every season, you know, this is, this is their season, not yours. And it's not mine. So right. they've set their goals and it's our job as coaches and parents to support them in any way we can to help them achieve their goals. So, um, I think when that helps put the onus on them too, and, and yeah. really, you know, because I always say too, you're responsible for your own personal development, you know, as a coach, right. I don't develop you. Right. I can guide you. I can suggest, I can cheer you on, but I don't develop you, right? That's all on you. And when you learn to take that ownership and then take it a step further, right. And, and you start doing things on your own or ask questions or ask for people to help and support you. That's really what you're looking for. Right. What would you guys tell the coaches whose initial reaction to that statement is like, but, but now I feel like useless or well, then what's my role or like, but no, like my job's on the line. I have to make sure everything is controlled and done right. What would you tell those coaches? Oh, I would say that just because you're controlling it doesn't mean it's done right to begin with. (laughs) Valid Um, point. (laughs) You know, so, um, but I think, I mean, I think any good program at any level learns to delegate 
and learns to understand that you can have good input from a coaching staff and you can have input from your players because like Alicia said, it's their season. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, if you're, if your job is on the line, then you probably haven't been doing some other things right anyway, you know? So I, I, I feel like you need to have input from, from the kids and, and from the coaches and the players need to be taking input from all the coaches and, you know, as a staff and not just focused on one particular one. I think everybody brings something different to the plate, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think you gotta be able to be loose enough to trust others, you know, and if, if it's not happening or you see them crossing the line, then you got to step in. But I think if you pick good, reliable, supportive, positive people, it can only help. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, like, like Wilma said, it's about who you surround yourself with as a coaching staff too. And, and we as coaches, I think, and I've, I'm just as guilty of this, right? We think we actually control more than what we do. Mm-hmm. And we don't, you know, yeah, we don't, don't. <laughs> we don't control hardly anything in the game other than what call do you make, right? I call a bunt, they execute right. it or they don't execute it. But it isn't you winning the game on a bunt. It's the kid that put the bunt down, right? So, and I think when you actually relinquish some of that control is when that you really help your kids flourish, right? So, and and really stress that over and over and over. And I see, you know, I see the same thing in, in the corporate world, right? Like in the corporate world, we're responsible for our own, own development. It isn't my boss's job to develop me. It's my job to say, hey, I would really like to become the next, you know, sit in your seat one day. What are the types of things you know, can you be my mentor? Of course, you know, or, or what are the types of projects I need to do or to lead or, or what advice could you give me on how I should start? Totally. Okay. But I own my development just like the players do. And I think, like I said, we can overcoach, um, as well and over control and just let it go. Those kids are awesome. And they, all all these kids, all they want to do is, is do well. There isn't any kid out there that doesn't want to do a good job. And, and my job most in postseason, I've said it many times is just to be a support, just to be their biggest cheerleader on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how I feel. Yeah. And that's something we practiced a lot during the season too. Like I, when they were doing things, I, I would really, really encourage them to reflect. I'm like, you know, Hey, like you said, we're just the coaches, we're the little pawns that stand on the corners of the bases. But, you know, I would tell the kids, you know, hey, if you just took a bad swing, figure out what was bad about it. You don't need me to tell you, you know, you need to figure out, you know, I'm not going to be here all the time. You're going to have multiple coaches in your life. So for you to be the best player that you can be, you need to learn to coach yourself first. Absolutely. And I think the other side of that, that I want to add for the coaches is a it's not a reflection of how good you are as a coach when things go well but it's also not a reflection of how bad you are as a coach when things don't right so like that that worry or the guilt or like but if we don't do well then people are gonna know i'm not a good coach yeah it goes both ways yeah well i think you're more prone to that um when you're a younger coach you worry about that more i think at least me personally I can definitely tell you that I've changed tremendously from year one to year 30. <laughs> yeah, same. Except for not the 30. <laughs> 22. Close, close. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's so true. And I think it's, it's, it's easier to think that way when you're losing, at least for me personally. Well, like when things aren't uh-huh. going well, it's easier to say I'm a bad coach in, internally than it is to say, then it happens when 
but I also feel like you can get in that trap. If things are going really well, yep. it can be an, it can be a ref, like an ego thing. And that also happened to me before where things are going really well. You're winning all the time. Well, geez, this is easy. I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> but, yeah. it, and then what usually happens is you get slapped in the face and brought down back to reality very quickly. So when you, when you think that you have more influence on the game or control over the game than you do is when you can go in either direction. So I think if you continue to focus on the things that you're good at, which is, is for me personally, teaching, I love teaching. I love practice and I love implementing those mental pieces every single day. And I know that's what I'm good at. I cannot, I am not the best person to stand there and dissect or hitting um, fundamentals, right? Um, I don't know anything about pitching or catching because I didn't play it. You know, I, I played infield. So I'm the infield coach and I, and I have my strengths and, um, those are the things that I can help influence during practice and, and things like that. So I think if, if you kind of fall back on those things that you really love to do, and I think most coaches are teachers, most coaches like to teach, even if it's just the fundamentals, like, right. So those are the things you can really focus on. Then, then all of the either swing either way, either you're winning or losing. It's not so reflective on, on you as a coach. Totally agree. agree. So reflecting on the season, Going into next season, what are like the big lessons learned that you want to take in going next season? Wilma, we'll start with you this time. Okay. Um, I think a big thing for me, because our years were so polar opposite, um, you know, team makeup wise, team energy wise, team everything. Um, I think I just want to remember and remind myself to go into every season as, you know, remembering that every season's new and every makeup of the kids that you have presents a totally new team and to, you know, make sure that, you know, the goal is still just to, you know, make them the best team that they can be where they want to be and how each kid, you know, help each kid progress and get better in the long run and, and try to get them all on some common ground so that it's just, you know, I learned a bunch doing uh, the program, and I think that, you know, I will continue to dive a little deeper into that. That's definitely one of my goals for next season as well. Nice. Yeah, that's easy. Even with everyone returning, it's a different team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same. Obviously, um, next year, losing two four-year uh, seniors, and then, you know, for example, it, it will be a whole new team, right? Specifically those two positions. I think when you lose to graduation pitchers and catchers who are um, not only instrumental in the game, touch the ball every play, but also your vocal leaders and your leaders still continue to uh, develop the leadership. Um, the the younger kids that are coming up, like who are, who are going to be the next leadership uh, committee uh, kids and what are we going to do with those and continue to focus on that. You know, so I learned a lot this year. You know, I really, really regret um pressing so hard at times um but i really learned my lesson and how that affected them and i think that that is the number one lesson from this season is that i started pushing them too hard and and pushing to find answers that that they didn't know and just continue to go back to just having fun i i, I could have and should have wish i would have done that sooner um but in retrospect it was also a really good lesson i think we all can do that right so as long as you can look back on your season and find something to reflect on and, and become better then you're still growing as a coach and and i think that that uh, also will be my focus next year uh, continue to continue to learn continue to build their, their mental pieces as well 
Um, I'm, I can only imagine how much I'm going to learn between now and the beginning of next season, um, which I'm excited for. I love learning about this stuff and, and trying to implement it in different ways and see what sticks because that's the challenge as a coach, not only from the mental piece, but just the team wise. So I'm always excited to start a new season. I love that part. I love working through developing them um, as teammates and seeing what kind of unfolds in front of me. Good one. Now I want to coach. Dang it. You guys always do this to me. <laughs> You're the baby coach now. <laughs> yeah. If I get back into coaching, you guys are going to be on my speed dial every day. Like, guys, remember when I said this and I sounded like I knew what I was doing? I forgot it. Remind me. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right. I like that uh, theme. Okay, I'm making you do one more. So, Alicia, you said you're excited to learn new things. What's one thing you're excited to kind of dig into a little bit more, something you'd like to discover and learn to help teach your team? I think one of my goals, which is, was a wishy-washy goal last time, um, was involving my other coaches. I do have one that's probably going to be done after next year, so I'm not going to press too hard, but um, you know that I was – a little bit on the hesitation side to get them involved in some of the other stuff. And I think that's going to be one thing that I'm going to focus on is bringing them more into, um, you know, these daily activities and not feel like I have to keep them on the outside and just see how it rolls. Yeah. I like that. And it was hard and smack dab in the middle of the season to like have that big combo, but now you've got mm -hmm. the time. I like that. Right. I think for me, it's, um, diving even deeper into the seven C's, you know, because we did, we did a really good job of that this year. And I think that there's always more to those and more to the lessons learned and more to the learning of the kids. And I think that they had a really good understanding, you know, but I always know that I can learn more as well, as well as they can. So I think, um, since we will have a huge core of group back, um, taking it to the next level for them when it comes to the seven C's and the mental part. Oh, good one. Yeah, for sure. Cause they've got the language now. They have the language now. So how can we take that to the next step? Right. And mine's still going to be back to really, really still pushing all the language, uh -huh. you know, and, uh, and I'm going to start, like I said, last time I jumped on board, like really close to the season yeah. and that's going to start being a part of stuff that I do in literally our first team meeting, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and I have one in September, so you know, I'm going to be using that stuff way earlier than I did just to start bridging everybody together. Yeah. Yay. Exciting. Is it season yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you ladies so much for sharing your seasons with us. It was awesome. And yeah, cannot wait till next year. Me either. Thank you so much for your input and your questioning. That is it for today's episode. So remember, reflecting and getting better is a simple concept, but it's not always easy. We have to sift through what we've learned from others and our own experiences and figure out the best way for us. To get a boost on showing up as your best self this next season, take the Tough Team Challenge. If you've ever wanted to build or be a part of a team that's confident, resilient, and tough, the Tough Team Challenge is for you. This simple five-step challenge is designed to help you discover your strengths, blast through mindset blocks, and step into the powerful leader you were meant to be. To start today, simply head to toughteamchallenge.com. When you sign up, you'll get each challenge sent directly to your inbox, and you can put the steps into action in our private community on Facebook. 
Again, it's toughteamchallenge.com, and we hope to see you there. Have a good one.